What's up, everyone? This is Anthony Pompliano. Most of you know me as Pomp. You're listening to the Pomp Podcast, simply the best podcast out there. Now let's kick this thing off. Hey guys, today I'm analyzing gold performance over the last 12 months. Then I evaluate the pros and cons of the asset. I compare the performance to Bitcoin and real estate, and I ask the question, is gold's narrative falling apart as an inflation hedge? You can watch more segments like this every day on our new live show, The Best Business Show, which is streamed on YouTube each day from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern. We're going to keep experimenting with various types of podcast episodes. So please tweet at me and give me your feedback on whether you like these types of episodes or not. Before we get into today's episode, I want to talk about our sponsors. First up is Circle. Circle is a really interesting business in the crypto industry. It's a global financial technology firm that enables businesses of all sizes to harness the power of stablecoins and public blockchains for payments, commerce, and financial applications worldwide. Circle is also a principal developer of USD Coin, USDC which is the fastest growing, regulated, fully reserved dollar stablecoin in the world, now standing at more than $15 billion market cap and adding nearly $300 million of net new digital dollars in circulation every single week. The free Circle account and suite of platform API services bridges the gap between traditional payments and crypto for trading, DeFi, and NFT marketplaces. You can learn more by going to circle.com. I've had Jeremy, the CEO, on the podcast before. I really like their perspective. I think they're building some really cool technology. It's growing very fast. The market seems to be adopting it. So make sure you go learn more at circle.com. Next up is Crypto.com. With 10 million plus users, Crypto.com is the easiest place to buy and sell 100 plus cryptocurrencies. The Crypto.com Visa card gives you up to 8% back instantly and 100% back on Spotify and Netflix. They also let you earn very high rates of interest on stable coins. You can get $25 when you download the Crypto.com app with code POMP. Again, you can get 25 bucks if you download their app with code POMP. Go download the app today by clicking on the link in the description and checking out what they're building over there. Last but not least are my friends at LMAX. LMAX Digital is the number one institutional crypto exchange. They offer clients the deepest pool of crypto liquidity on the planet, underscored by a 100% uptime track record through volatility spikes. Leveraging LMAX Group's liquidity relationships and ultra-low latency technology, LMAX Digital is the market-leading solution for institutional crypto trading and custodial services. They feature a central limit order book streaming both spot, Ether, Litecoin, and Bitcoin Cash, all paired with US dollars, Euro, and Yen. LMAX Digital. If you're a retail investor, you've probably never heard of them because they only serve institutions. That's why they're the number one institutional crypto exchange. They do billions of dollars per day of trading. LMAX Digital. Secure, liquid, and trusted. Learn more by going to lmaxdigital.com slash pomp. Again, lmaxdigital.com slash pomp. All right, let's get into this episode comparing gold, Bitcoin, real estate, and what is the true narrative of an inflation hedge. I hope you guys enjoy it. Anthony Pompliano runs Pomp Investments. All views of him and the guests on his podcast are solely their opinions and do not reflect the opinions of Pomp Investments. You should not treat any opinion expressed by Pomp or his guests as a specific inducement to make a particular investment or follow a particular strategy, but only as an expression of his personal opinion. This podcast is for informational purposes only. We're going to talk about Bitcoin and gold here because I found a very interesting chart yesterday that I want to make sure that all my friends know. So last year, in March of 2020, there was a liquidity crisis. What that meant was everyone was scared. They sold all their assets. They wanted dollars. And so all these asset prices sold off. Bitcoin went down 50% in a day. Gold was down like 15%. Equities were down 30%, et cetera. Everyone wanted to know, is the government going to come save us? Is the government going to step in? Central bank's going to step in? Are they going to intervene in the markets? 
They did. When they intervened in the market, every single investor had asked themselves, okay, now that I know that the government is going to step in, they had two emergency rate cuts. They're going to put interest rates down to zero. They're going to pump trillions of dollars into the economy. What should I do tactically with my portfolio? How should I allocate my capital in order to best position myself? Immediately, when people hear quantitative easing and they think about low interest rate environments, they start to worry about inflation. And so there was tons of talk about what would be the best safe haven asset? What would be the best type of inflation hedge asset? So yesterday, I was looking and first, you know, to make sure that everyone remembers, the Fed's balance sheet has exploded. It has hit an all-time high. We are now sitting at over $8 trillion, $8.2 trillion on the Fed's balance sheet. When we see the balance sheet that high, remember it was about $900 billion in 2007-2008. Uh, so we're up almost 10x on the Fed's balance sheet. But then I saw this chart of comparing Bitcoin, gold, and the S&P 500. This chart specifically comes from casebitcoin.com, one of my favorite websites to look at all of the metrics and numbers around Bitcoin. And it's green, except for one little section. How is it that the entire chart is green, except for gold is down 10% over the last year? absolutely bonkers. So literally, if you look at Bitcoin up 247% over the last year, the S&P 500 up 33%, gold down 10%. Now that is the nominal number, right? Meaning nominal means what is the actual change in the number itself? But the real return, meaning if you account for inflation with a 5.4% CPI number or a 4.5% core inflation number means that gold is actually down 14 to 15% in the last 12 months, including inflation in a real return basis. And so if you start to think about gold a year ago, telling investors gold will be down 14 or 15% in real terms, it'll be down 10% in nominal terms, they would have laughed at you. There is no way they would have thought that if the government was going to print trillions of dollars, they were going to drop interest rates to zero and we would still see gold suffer. Absolutely dismal performance. At the same time that that's happened, we have seen, same time that this has happened, the Fed's balance sheet, we have seen Bitcoin absolutely explode. It's up 247%, still up 240% or more in real terms as well. And so when you start to look at this, you have to say to yourself, is Bitcoin now killing the gold narrative? Gold for decades and centuries has served as a safe haven asset. It has served as a store of value asset, and it has been seen as an inflation hedge. But what we're seeing here is that at a time when investors needed a safe haven asset, they needed a store of value, gold was destroyed. Is the narrative dead? Joe and John, you both are in your 20s. Do you have a single friend that owns any gold? No. No. I who am in my early 30s, also do not have any friends that I know of that actually hold any gold. So if people are looking for store value or a inflation hedge, how many of your friends own Bitcoin? A lot. A lot. A lot for me too. <laughs> there is, obviously, these are uh, one-off data points, but I think in general, what we are seeing is that gold is being dropped by an entire generation. It is not an asset that they find attractive nor that they want to gain exposure to. And instead, they are still looking for those sound money principles. They're finding it in the digital application, which is Bitcoin, rather than the analog application, which is gold. And so part of why I find this chart so fascinating is starting around last year, kind of middle of the year into Q3, I started to think a lot about the idea that gold's market cap, we like to think a lot of times it's around $10 trillion. And people come up with these prices around $400,000, $500,000 of Bitcoin uh, will eventually surpass 
past the gold market cap. But I actually think it's going to happen much sooner than that. And it's not because necessarily Bitcoin's price has anything to do with it as much as gold's market cap is likely to continue to contract through the 2020s. Now, what that would mean is that more and more investors start to sell their gold. They are pushing the price down. As that price comes down, the market cap comes down, and they are choosing to allocate capital somewhere else. Last year in Q4, I believe it was, central banks around the world for the first time were net sellers of gold rather than net acquirers of the asset. And so it ends up being a very interesting perspective where is there a world by the end of this decade that gold's market cap isn't necessarily 10 trillion but could it be seven eight trillion could we see a 20 30 percent contraction in the actual market cap of the asset yeah so i was looking at the correlation of uh gold to inflation earlier so if you look at uh you know zero being not correlated at all one moving in perfect unison with it gold over the past 50 years has a correlation of 0.16 so it's on the lower band of that having essentially no correlation to inflation over the last 50 years so no matter how much inflation has hit really gold hasn't necessarily it doesn't responded. move with it yeah did you happen to see what bitcoins was no, so this only measures gold. Only gold. Yeah. Uh, it, another piece of this uh, that I find very uh, interesting is that the gold narrative of uh, security and sovereignty, right? The, like I have the physical gold is completely getting destroyed by Bitcoin because John, myself, you, we grew up with smartphones in our hand and this is where the assets that we own are held not necessarily being held on uh you know physical gold in a vault or safe in our closet under the bed under the mattress whatever do you think for crypto to rise kind of to that like nine ten trillion dollar market cap that gold has to basically come down i don't think that like it has to steal its market cap almost i don't think that there has to be an inverse inverse correlation where bitcoin's market cap grows and gold's contracts in order for bitcoin to continue to grow and, and eventually reach a 10 trillion dollar market cap but i do think that that is a natural effect of Bitcoin's market cap growing. And it's because when you look at the market of potentially uh, new buyers or, or people who would want to own Bitcoin, uh, there's an entire segment of the population in the investment community that already understands sound money principles. It's outside the system and no one can create more of it. Once they see, wait, I own the analog version, there's a digital version, that digital version has some advantages that the analog version doesn't, I think you'll start to see a shift of capital into the digital version. Uh, on top of that though, I also think that the net new flow of capital and investors who normally would go into gold and be interested in an inflation hedge store value safe haven asset, they instead are going to start to look at Bitcoin first, not gold. And so what you basically are doing is you're taking some of the gold investors, converting them to Bitcoin investors. You're also diverting uh, kind of the flow of new investors into an asset like gold, and they're going to go into Bitcoin. And so you get gold's market cap continues to expand at a rapid rate over, you know, let's say a decade. And then what you're naturally going to get is gold uh, market cap is going to contract. And it's just not necessarily, uh, it, it doesn't need to happen that way. It's just that is what is going to happen because uh, of the structural issues used for Bitcoin to continue to uh, Yeah, appreciate. and you don't have to watch, uh, you don't have to pay storage fees while you watch your asset uh, have negative return on uh, both nominal and real interest rates as as inflation goes five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. percent I mean, we have 5.4% inflation in this country. Reportedly. Yeah, allegedly, yes. that's the allegedly, official number. Yeah. And we literally have gold down 10%. Like, it failed as an inflation hedge. Yeah. Failed, done, F minus, you're out as an inflation hedge. And when you start to look at what it, this is the relationship between gold and inflation? It's just gold price chart. Oh, just gold's price chart. So this basically just shows... Uh, down, <laughs> right? just down, <laughs> like it, not good. Right. Yeah. And I think that part of this ends up being uh, kind of a really 
interesting generational shift. Uh, what I will say along with gold and Bitcoin is that gold in the 1970s was completely repriced as an asset, right? So if you go back and you look in 1971, came off the gold standard, and we basically had the world say, what is this asset worth? And it went up, I think it's up 40X or something. I think gold's around $30 in 1971, uh, and it ended up uh, appreciating very aggressively over the coming uh, kind of couple of decades. Bitcoin feels like it's going through the same thing. The world is looking at it and saying, what is this worth? And so uh, the saying of history doesn't repeat, but sometimes it rhymes feels very relevant here. It's just that now Bitcoin is the um, kind of beneficiary of some of this rather than gold. But that makes sense because we live in a digital world more so than an analog world. And we're definitely moving closer to a, a fully digital world rather than an analog world, right? I wonder what would take people... Uh, to move their assets from gold to Bitcoin? Like, what's going to be, like, the deciding Peter factor? Schiff would be a billionaire if he did that last year. <laughs> I, I think that this is a great question, John. Part of it is, one, education, right? So people just have to understand, hey, you're still investing in sound money principles. It's just a digital application versus an analog. That'll get some portion of capital to flow. The second thing is time, right? The whole uh, argument around gold has been money for 5,000 years, that really speaks to people. So when Bitcoin is only a year old, people are like, ah, this probably isn't going to last. Five years, eh, probably not going to last. 10 years, eh, maybe it's not going to last. After you get to 15, 20, 30 years, eventually people just say, fine, it's definitely here to stay, and they'll go ahead and they'll shift capital. So you solve those people. The third thing, though, I think is when people start to really understand the difference between the sovereignty, right? I can hold the physical gold or I can hold Bitcoin. When you get the difference between those two things uh, and you realize that Bitcoin is more portable, it's more divisible, um, and uh, it's actually cheaper to store, to, to move, et cetera, that's where I think the real game changer is.